Welcome to another episode of Family Goals with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. Hey, we just... Uh, Pastor Jay. Pastor Jay. You know, a lot of people are starting to call me Pastor Jay. They should. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, good nickname. It's like catching on. I like it. It's, it's, it's a solid on. nickname. We should make some shirts with your face on it and say Pastor Jay. Let's <laughs> get weird. You still have the, the shirt company? Yeah. No. Uh, oh. nah. <laughs> nah, we did a lot of stuff with that. That was fun though, for yeah. a little while. Made some hats for Greystone. That'd be, yeah, those are sweet. So, Halloween. Yeah. Your kids go trick-or-treating? Yes. Yeah? Of course they do. Did you let them meet the candy? You made it sound, you, first of all, you make it sound like <laughs> I tell them they cannot have the candy. If they would like well, the candy, they can have candy. Oh, they can eat candy. They can't eat all the I candy. I figured you wouldn't let them eat candy. No, this is actually a battle I'm fighting with my daughter now, too. But, um, no, they chose to give their candy away. They chose not to keep their candy. <laughs> Who did um, they give it to? Their friends that were with them. We went oh. with a bunch of friends and ended up just raiding their bag, which is perfect. Don't <laughs> worry, Mashburn gets all the Reese's and Kit Kats and eats all those. But, you know, it's interesting. You know, I've tried with my daughter because she's, I told, I, I told y'all how she's very much like me with eating sweets. No. No? Well, she's like, so. she will not touch sweets. Okay. She won't touch them. So everything she picks up, she reads the label. And I'm like, dude. So we're trying to get her to chill out with that. Like, you know, we don't want to give girls a complex and you don't want to give anybody a complex, but we don't want her to think about that. And um, so we've tried our best. I, and I've even been like, hey, Leah, let's go get a sweet. Let's go get a dessert. Let's go get a blizzard to try. And you know me, I don't eat that at all, ever. I haven't in 15 years, but I'm trying to get her to like realize that portion control is okay. Mm-hmm. But more is caught than taught. And guess what? Daddy doesn't eat sweets and daddy doesn't do that. So she doesn't do it. Now, she have you ever had a, do a Reese's peanut butter cup? I did back in the day when I was 292. <laughs> picture on the wall, maybe. But I mean, I, when, I was, when I was a lot thicker, I used to do that, but just not as much. I just, I don't have the off switch, okay? Like, Davey doesn't need to do gambling and, and I don't need to do alcohol. Like, I just, I, I don't have the, the, I don't have moderation in my system, in my DNA. I'm, I am all in. Let's go. So we just keep all of it out. We're good to go. But, but so I've been trying to convince her to, it's okay. It's not going to kill you. But it, needless to say, you can, you, can, you can do what you want with the candy. You can't eat the whole bag, but it's not, I'm not going to kill you. They got to make their own decisions, right? Like they're, it's like Nicholas, a couple, when I took him to get his haircut a couple weeks ago or whatever, it, it's, his, it's his hair now. Like mm-hmm. my wife did say she will not have a kid flip her hair like during a sporting event. Like he's, he's in basketball now, right? So she will not have him like, styling his hair on the court. She's like, that's not allowed in my house. Your hair will have to be shorter than that. And I was or, like, that's or amazing. Or he could go headband. He could have a like, headband. Headband's or, amazing. Headband's or, good. Or one of our old friends used to do in church basketball wear the do-rag. Do-rag while solid. He's, while he's playing. Coates wore the headband. Remember? Coates wore it well. Coates, yeah. Coates likes the headband. Yeah, Joe will sometimes break out a headband. or like the headband? Yeah. Shooting sleeve. Flow band. A what? The, flow band. The flow the flow's up top. Yeah. Again, old man. <laughs> Hair, hair's not really, you know what, not really a strength. Gramps, do you know what drip means? I've, I've heard the term. Uh, there's no shot, is it? No. <laughs> he, saw, he saw some of my buddies at the gym a few months ago, and he's like, y'all getting swollen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get swollen in here. Just sw- It's swole, Gramps. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I like your drip though. I, I, I learned that later, and so but now every now every time I see them at the gym, I say y'all getting swollen. Yeah, now you got to keep it. Absolutely <laughs> so got to keep it. I just keep it's it. The going. old man so, joke. At some point, you just embrace it, right? Like, yeah. I think you did a couple years ago when you retired from Greystone basketball. I think you kind of you threw the towel in. You're like, yeah, I'm good. 
No, I, I have not retired. I was I have not been invited back to the team, but I'm thinking about me and Shellnut. You know, Wayne Shellnut is arguably the greatest uh church basketball player Greystone has ever had. We're we're looking at putting together maybe a B team. I was about to say our team's full. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for a B team. Are you down for a B team? Come on. Put would, two put two teams in that league? Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, we could we could meet y'all. See, just hopefully we don't play y'all. See you in the ship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is Mashburn back? Is he? Is yeah, he, he's uh, back. He's back from the ACL. Yeah. We got we got Royal. We we yeah. got not, coach. O- not only did am I not? I I'm not really sure how Pastor Jay isn't on the team because Pastor Jay is like the the leader of the team, the coach of the team, like like. But is there even a team without Pastor Jay? It's just like all these great organizations. They they just Kobe Bryant, you know, retires and they move on, right? Like they it's Phil well, Jackson retires, they move on. Like we don't we're not like building a statue for you. You weren't that good. Yeah, so so here's what I really got an issue with. Okay. So I'm texting Mashburn the other day because his his girls got baptized yeah. and I was just congratulating him and he's super excited about that. And Pastor Jay hasn't even been invited to the Pollock's house for pickup basketball. You actually could like, pl- you actually could play in that. Oh yeah. We play we play, I know I some, some of the people who are playing in that Jeff league. Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not mentioning any names, but when a few of the guys were telling me that they were playing in the league, yeah. I'm like, how come Pastor well, it's not, Jay it's hasn't got it? It's not invite? a league. It's just we play pickup on Mondays and Thursdays at at eight thirty. So if you ever want to come drive on up, we'll play we're playing tonight. If you'd like to come play, there's your invite. Maybe Jalen and I will show up. There we go. Are you in? Let's go. Yeah. I don't believe you. Are you serious coming. or are you joking? I'm in, man. I, had, I hadn't played basketball since the, since knee surgery, but uh, I'm sure I can hang with some of these cats. I, I think you can with some of those yeah. guys, yeah. We have, some, we have some older gentlemen that you can run with. Yeah, I was talking with someone the other day. We're not going to name any names, but he was telling me about the time that he played, and, and he said he, he had a breakaway. <laughs> <laughs> he said he went crashing into the into the wall in a layup. So uh, uh, I can, I can if, still slap. If Tony the glass. Smith can play, I can still slap the glass on a layup. If Tony Smith can play, who you know very well, <laughs> I know Tony well. Does you he can, even play basketball? Uh, no, he never has yeah. in his life until pick up basketball with us. And I've never seen somebody that could throw it over the goal like Tony. The person I was. It's impressive. Thinking that was Mac Bryce. He's a former offensive lineman yeah, as well. He doesn't play anymore. <laughs> he, he played for a couple of weeks and he was so bad he said he had to retire so we're seven minutes in i think we need to talk about something don't you have seven of, rules of some or something content. yeah so we're talking today about marriage we want to continue talking about the marriage the priority of marriage and so seven killers of marriage seven marriage killers and this comes from uh, james dobson's book love for a lifetime and so i thought we'd just mention the seven killers and we, we could talk about a little bit the first one is Overcommitment and physical exhaustion. Well, you said that in the last pod. Yeah. You said overcommitment, which led to arguments. And I've seen that with my wife. If she gets, if we're doing too much and we're going here, 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 overwhelmed, short, um, not just with me, but she'll be short with the kids too. Like when you just get, when you get overwhelmed, I I mean, it changes your personality. When you get fatigued, it changes your personality. I I agree with that. How do do you keep from overcommitting? I think that's a you question because you did a good job of that. I'm I'm all in for everything. Well, like I don't a, see how you do all that you do, but I, I think you have to learn to say no. Yeah, because 
people are going to ask you all the time, which is great because you you want to be included. And uh, maybe you Sometimes. were trying to protect my schedule, not asking me to be a part of the pickup basketball I was. I didn't at, your, at your house. Actually, when you said that, honest to God, the first thing that came to mind was you're going to be leaving your bride for the whole night. <laughs> that is the first thing that came to my mind because of the pods. But Yeah. So she has Celebrate Recovery on, on uh, Monday nights. So we, we might could work something out. But All right. So overcommitment, physical exhaustion was, is the first marriage killer. A second marriage killer is debt and conflict over money. I've only had one time in my life where this is applicable. So I, I, I'm not qualified at all to speak on this again because we kind of talked about it. Like I, I had a lottery ticket at 22, but we were building our house and we had a, our other house and some stress and it was amazing how much it put on my wife. So I, I can, and I've seen it with other people too, like mm-hmm. the stress of it. I, it's crazy. It, it's, it's a different kind of pressure. It's a different kind of weight on your shoulders that I can, that I can see that for people that it could be a big problem. Yeah, and if and if you're trying to to make it to the end of the month and, and finances is, is a struggle and a stress and are we gonna be able to get these bills paid? Are we gonna be able to make the house payment? I mean, that's a that's a lot of a lot of stress. Uh, statistics show that that people who get divorced, arguments over money is sex and money. Those are those are the two Those big, are the top two? Those are the top two with people, sex and money? People getting divorced. Yeah. I, would I mean, I wouldn't have thought sex would have been one. Well, unfaithfulness oh. in the marriage, infidelity. That's a different kind of sex, yeah. Yeah, the other side. <laughs> sex with not with your spouse. Right. That's a, yeah. That's a different right, kind of right. problem. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. And again, my son, Joe, is, is is in the room with us, so. Well, we weren't, we weren't talking any specifics. I mean, with. Right. So number three marriage killer is interference from the in-laws. Oh, I could see this. I could see that. I mean, I, I think that the Bible says what? Leave and cleave? Like Leave go, and cleave. Go make your own life. And I think a lot of people, they think that they're, uh, and again, I don't think it's, they think that they're kind of disrespecting their parents. I don't think you're necessarily disrespecting your parents. You're just creating your own life. You talked about it with mm-hmm. letting your kids go. I mean, you got to. You got to let that go. And there are some parents that have a hard time with doing that. And I, mean, I, I can tell you this right now. I've made my mom cry many a times. And for some of the dumbest reasons that I've known to man. But, and I'll give you one now. This is, this is amazing. My wife's going to absolutely, she's going to flip her lid. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> or should we, should we. Now nah, we're good. Should I put up the this barrier is, this here, is, this the roadblock? Is, this is for the, this is for the people. The people need to hear this. Um, so we're in Cincinnati. Um, Nobody's ever going to convince you that Kelly's not. Kelly is very, mama is, mama P is very overbearing. She's, she's all, she was in the past more so than now. She's unbelievable now. But like I was, she would come up once a week in my high, my college apartment. She would clean the house, the apartment. She would stock the fridge. She would take my laundry home and bring it back the next week. So like mama P did everything. Well, that just answered a lot of questions I had about you. Correct. (laughs) Which is why my wife is always like on our kids to do their own laundry, do their own things. Like don't end up like your daddy. Um, But, and so she came up and my mom, Lindsay was going through this study and it was on barriers. And um, was it barriers? Yeah. Uh, I think it's barriers. Yeah. I think it was barriers. It was a study with the pastor uh, or the chaplain at Cincinnati and all the wives and they were doing uh, barriers. 
And um, she, she, my mom. Boundaries. Boundaries, that's it. How'd you know that? Yeah. Just a pastoral term? <laughs> um, boundaries. Well, Henry Cloud's written a book, Boundaries. Okay, they did that Boundaries book. And so my mom came up and changed our sheets on our bed, you know, which is, some people feel a certain kind of way about that, that that's not somebody's price to maybe fix your, take your sheets in your master bedroom and, yeah, and don't it, touch my sheets. I just, just saying <laughs> that's some people's rules. And then there was a wreath that was sent from my grandmother, her mom to us. And, um, my mom took the wreath and put it on the door, like opened it up out of the package and put it on the door. <laughs> so she's decorating it. She's decorating it at our house. <laughs> so <laughs> newsflash, I don't care. Doesn't bother me. Right. My wife is going through this study and she literally, she came to me and she was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like there's boundaries to this. You can't do this. And I'm like, boundaries, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. Okay. And so she gets on me. She, she's like, you need to talk to her and you need to tell her. So I, I had to pull my mom in the office and I talked to my mom. I was like, mom, listen, you can't, you can't do this stuff. You know, we're trying to figure out how to do this stuff by ourselves. And there's boundaries. She's like, what, what do you mean boundaries? I, was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But apparently there's boundaries to this stuff, but it was a whole altercation. So I, I can see how yeah. in-laws very much, because you do, you got to build your own life. You got to yeah. do your own things. You got to find out um, what makes you guys, you, and you got to find out what makes y'all's marriage tick. And they're most important. And, and a lot of times, you know, there's the, the, the in-laws are, they, they don't necessarily look at things from a we perspective or an us, like you said a couple of weeks ago. They look at their kid or their, you know, the one that they've got skin in the game with and making sure they're okay. And, you know, you got to kind of figure it out. There's no, there's no study guide. There's no rule for this. Like you got to go figure this stuff out yourself and figure it out with talking to your wife, not your mother-in-law. Yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts I had there was, is the, the wife wants to feather her own nest. You know, she wants to do that. She wants to be the one to prove that she can take care yeah, of it. And that's, and it's her fam, It's her family. And I think, you know, and I'm Jennifer and I are growing through this because uh, our middle child is re- recently married. And so she's starting her own family. They're starting their own life. And so we're trying to figure out where you fit in. Yeah. Figure out, like, we're trying to give them as much space as possible. Let, yep. let them to be as flexible as possible, but, it, but it's harder for the parents because all parents still view it as like like this is our family, instead of hey they're starting a whole new, a whole new family. And then there's all kind of other issues that get involved with where are we going to spend the holidays? You know, are we gonna are we gonna do Christmas at your house? Are we gonna do Christmas at my parents' house? Or where are we gonna do Thanksgiving? You know, and and if you have so what do y'all do? Just trying to stay out of the way and let them make that decision? Well, when Jennifer and I first got married, um, with our parents. We, we were up front with them. Hey, we'll spend Thanksgiving with you and Christmas with you because our parents lived in different different states. Yeah. So they weren't close. And so we weren't having to go, hey, we're going to go to the morning of Christmas with y'all and then come to. So we just, we tried to be as fair as possible. We alternate each year. And what we're doing now is, is we're just being flexible. So we're saying, we're hosting Thanksgiving in our house. You guys are invited. Love for y'all to come. Understand if you can't. Understand if you can't. You know, and if you have other plans and want, you know, want to do Are they coming things, for Thanksgiving? They haven't let us know yet. So part part of it is with, with Matthew's job, he only gets so much time off. And so you're going to need to know basis. They've got a four day window so they can. Where are they living? They live in coming about, okay. an, hour, about an hour from here. And so uh, we went and saw their place the other night and they just got a dog. 
a little Frenchy bulldog. All I can think in my head is how much people lied to me when they said that having a dog is like having a kid. <laughs> Such a lie. Such bull crap. Well, I don't think they think that, but uh, no. they, they've got a cute, cute little Frenchy bulldog. Let, let's move on here. Seven marriage killers. Number four says unrealistic expectations. expectations. So the wife, I mean, this is kind of the husband and wife thing. The, the wife has these unrealistic expectations of romance. And the husband has unrealistic expectations of sex. What sex is going to be like? Every night. How is that not unrealistic? Like seven nights a week. Come on, babe. What is this podcast PG, G? What's our rating? I don't think it really matters. We've never yeah. cursed. Yeah. But Correct. not yet. Ain't that's No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can see how this one would be a big downfall. And, and I think different, I've seen it with different marriages too, but I, guys are just built different and in, you have to understand it. And women have to understand men and men have to understand women. But like, I, I just like me and my wife work better in this Avenue. If we just, if we understand what's important to each of us, like you gotta, you, it's not just about what you want. It's not, I mean, if you ever thought about it, like when you, when you're thinking about, you want sex, you want sex. First of all, when you're married, when you first get married, you always want sex all the time. And we don't think about it their day. If they're tired, like have we poured into them at all? Um, but I think you would probably echo this too. Like you, you want to have more sex, treat her better. I well, mean, I, yeah. And I think, and I've, I've given a few sermon sermons on this, Yep. but I, I love the, the principle of your goal is to meet her needs. The goal is not for her to meet your needs, but if, if each, if the husband, Hey, I'm trying to meet her needs, you know, and then, and then she'll, and I'll let her meet my needs, Correct. but I can't be going into it with, Trying to get my needs. Met. Sorry, I'm smiling and laughing because you know <laughs> Jolyn takes a lot of notes over here, and 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 I'm just I don't see him taking any notes right now when you're speaking about sex. Kind of got my head down. <laughs> yeah, head down. Yeah. There's some. There's just probably some subjects that are a little awkward, right? Like with with your with your kid in the room. Yeah, def, definitely a little a little awkward. But have, so have y'all ever have y'all ever have y'all ever talked about this though in your marriage and like discussed what was important to you or. All the time. Okay. And I think that's the most important thing is communication. 100%. Like, like if you have a certain expectation, communicate with that. Instead of just thinking, well, why is he not getting it? Or yeah. why is she not getting it? Well, yeah. communicate what's your expectation. And then you can realistically talk about it. And yeah. uh, I think you can't over-communicate. Nope. And, women so. are, and, and men are microwaves and women are crockpots. Exactly. Just <laughs> let that marinate. Women are not the same as us. It does not, we're not, they're not ready to go right now all the time. It's just not the way it works. Right, gentlemen? That's true. We, we, I literally have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> the temperature in here, I mean, I can, just, it's the, the room just little, got pretty tense. A little more warmth. So let's move on to number five. The fifth marriage killer is alcohol and sexual abuse. If any, if anyone knows me, they they know that that I am completely against alcohol, and I have a, I have a very strong conviction uh, against drinking alcohol. I mean, obviously, don't use any kind of drugs, um, but I have I have a strong conviction, and I have seen you know talk about counseling 
couples. I mean, I have had people come in my office. I mean, countless number of couples that alcohol has destroyed the marriage, destroyed the family. And, uh, it's obvious. I mean, it's listed in the top seven here. And so, I mean, wait, I don't, you don't drink, do you? No, I don't. Um, but I've seen, I just, I've seen what it does to people and I've seen a lot of arguments because of it with people and I've seen how it creates, I've seen it do good things too. I've seen people get really happy, but I've also seen the, the opposite side of alcohol. I just think when anything's in control of you and you're not, you're, you're just, you're in trouble. Like you're, you're, you're in a bad spot because yeah. things come out of your mouth in a different way. I never like hanging out with people that it always makes me feel a different way when people are really drinking alcohol a lot and then their words change and curse words start flying out left and right. Yeah. And it just, it just changes kind of changes who you are. So I think alcohol definitely can play a big role and you've counseled enough people to, yeah, I mean, I see that it's destroyed tons dozens of families and dozens and dozens. I mean, I was, I mean, we were trick or treating the other night and there's this guy that obviously had, had too much to drink and, and it just, and he was, talking to us and Jesse and her daughters were there and he was using language he shouldn't be using. It just yeah. very uncomfortable. It takes situation. the filter out a lot of times. It just yeah. takes the, that, that in your mind that you usually have a little filter and a little bit of yeah. um, cause or pause, or you'd think about something yeah. before you'd say a lot of times it takes that away. And you've, and I've seen multiple counts of that. And then you do end up doing stupid things that you regret. I think this this would be another like I don't want to push my convictions on other people. I mean, Jennifer and I have chosen for us. We don't drink alcohol at all. That's something the husband and wife could talk about and decide together. Hey, what? But again, know. that goes to communication. You're yeah, right. Communication. You, she and I, and again, I've dealt with a couple recently that was divorced. That that was their biggest struggle was. I just I don't want you drinking in front of the kids. I don't want you drinking because you changed the way you are. And we could all tell when he was drinking. Mm -hmm. Like it was obvious. It was so it was night and day obvious. And would still do it. And you know, they're communicating, like talk to your spouse. Do they feel like that's okay? I, if you're married and you have a relationship, I don't think we should ever be apart and one should be drinking. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Like, I just, I don't think that's right. I, I, I would, I would feel some kind of way. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I would, me and Lindsay have been very clear about that. I don't, I don't touch alcohol. She'll drink some wine occasionally, but not in, not in mixed company, never w outside of when we're together. That's just not something that we're going to, she's going to choose to do. Mm -hmm. So number six marriage killer is pornography. And Oof. Matthew 5, 28 says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So obviously adultery would be a major marriage killer. Yeah. But pornography I've seen. I've also seen that destroy marriages, hundred percent. Um, and I, I tend to think the husband would be the one to struggle with mm -hmm. pornography. I do know that in in some instances it's the it's the wife. But when we were talking about this, I can't remember if it's a previous podcast or just you and I together. But just the cell phones, um. The temptation is so great, or even with the computers, because because when I was when I was a kid growing up, I mean, if you wanted to see some pornography, it was maybe your friend's dad had a Playboy magazine mm -hmm. or something in his nightstand, and you know you snuck in there and looked at it, or you found a magazine out in the woods or something. But now, you found, a, any, you found a magazine in the woods, yeah, like a 
Playboy magazine out in the woods. They're just hanging out in the woods randomly? I don't know. Maybe some kids had it out there or something. I mean, that, that's it's the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever heard you say in my life. You know, just found a magazine in the woods. Not in the trash or your buddy's house, but in the woods. <laughs> that's, um, that's the memory that I have. But, I hear you. But my point is today. It's easier than ever. It's so easy. To, and to that point, I had a Nicholas had a buddy came over and, you know, the, our rules, your phone goes in the middle of the house and, you know, you get your, you know, he left his phone. And um, I actually asked him, the dad, because he left and took him home. And then the dad, he had left his phone there. I go, what's his password? Because I want to go post, post some stuff on his social media. And uh, I, went on a, I went on a social media and I, you know, clicked on something while I was opening it up and pop-up ad. And it wasn't, it, it, he didn't do anything. Like your kid doesn't have to do anything. It finds them. Mm-hmm. Like when, when they have social media, those pop-ups are coming. What, those pictures are coming. Like, and what do you think it does to a boy? Okay, put yourself when you were younger and the things you did to that stuff mm-hmm. and the thoughts you had when you were younger so now you see it. You can't unsee that. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I think it's powerful not only for us. Um, and listen, I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to admit this on the podcast stuff or not, but when you're on the road and you travel and you're away from your family, like all, there's a lot more things that come to your mind when you're in a hotel room and you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I'm not immune to that either. Um, so it's stuff that you, you got to be very purposeful, but you're setting a standard for your wife that she'll never be able to meet. I mean, that's, that's not, it's not fair to her at all. Um, but there's nothing, there's nothing healthy about it at all. So I, I think that we're going to have those opportunities. I just would, again, with the cell phones and with the access to it, it can, it can, it can find you nowadays easily. And you used to hear guys, I don't know if the guys say this anymore, but they, they would say things like, well, I, I can look, I just can't touch. And that, that is, that is a big lie because that, you're putting the you're putting those images in, into your mind, and they're not going anywhere. No, the more the more you so. look, the more the more inclined you're going to be to touch yeah. in the future, and the more you put yourself in that situation. Well, that five I think, or six. I think we'll do a whole episode on on the dangers of pornography destroying the family. Yeah, uh, and number- even real quick, even like the media justifies that it's like okay to see all these things on Instagram or TikTok or wherever, and they even justify that it's okay to struggle with pornography or like to even do pornography, like inside of a marriage, like they justify that's not a problem. Yep. And it's weird. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's, uh, the media being weird could be another pop topic yeah. too. For <laughs> just talk about the media. That yeah. could be, I hate the media. Those people on TV suck. So, uh, the seventh marriage killer is the greener grass of infidelity. That the grass is greener on the other side or. Well, you know what the hey, grass is greenest, right? Where is that? Where you water it. Yeah. Right? Water your own grass. Grass is greenest where you water it. Yeah. So I think that's, but that's not going to be, that's not going to go away. And I think that the, I've, I'm in a world where I see a lot of crazy stuff on the road too, or you see a lot of people that um, are quote unquote famous or whatever. Um, and I think, shoot, I don't even think it's looked at as a bad thing anymore. I mean, I, it's it's crazy to me. Like, it's, I don't even know that it's a priority for a lot of people to even think about they're, that they're married. And a lot of people wear it as a badge of honor that somebody is married and they're they're having an opportunity to do something with somebody. I mean, that's just crazy to me. Like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not healthy. It's not good. That's nothing about that that's mm-hmm. good because it's 
it's real and it mar- it ruins marriages. How many of those have you get counseled? Yeah. I mean, well, this this the world has lowered the bar. They have lowered the standard so low. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, Jesus has to be our standard. That was a good sermon. I liked when you used the pole yeah. vault. Yeah, too. when we had the pole yeah, vault. It's a good sermon. You know, it's it's easy to find somebody else that that you're doing better than, and that's that's a low standard that easy to jump over that bar. But when when Jesus says, "Don't even look lustfully at a woman," you know, just strive just strive for purity. And uh, but you have to, I mean, it could happen to anybody. This whole greener grass of infidelity, and so that's why we talked about this in a previous podcast. You got to set the boundaries. You got to set boundaries. You got to water your own grass. You got and you have to remember the the covenant of marriage that you is a covenant. You have cut a covenant with God. It's between one man, one woman with God for life, and so. And you got to be careful when you. In any aspect, in any realm, when you're looking at everybody else and when you just see the outside view, man, it's tough. And that's for good or for bad. That's whether the grass is greener comment, but when you're when you're judging somebody else about what they're doing, like you don't have a clue what's going on in their lives. I mean, we gotta we gotta get that out of our lives. The comparison trap, the looking at other things and thinking some kind of way, man, I tell you what, it, it's an easy way to get yourself in trouble. It's just yeah. it's not good. Joel, and any anything to? Do you have any comments about your mom out? and your dad? Or no, not at all. <laughs> I think the biggest the biggest application for me is if it doesn't benefit your walk with God or your marriage, it's just like cut it off. It's like don't do it. Stay away from it, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah, and if, there, if there's any of these marriage killers that are that are going on in your life, do whatever you can to kill it. To kill it, yeah. And uh, to protect uh, the marriage, and that won't and be so, easy. No, like if you if you have an addiction, you know, with porn or if you something you've been done, that's a that's a habit that's not going to go away. I mean, you're not going to go, oh, I's, I'm done, never going to have it, and not going to have temptation. You're still going to have mm-hmm. temptation. You're that's always going to be a part of your life. Like that's and there's nothing weak about getting the help that you need, and so. Get the counseling you need. If you need to join Celebrate Recovery, join Celebrate Recovery. Like, do do whatever you've got to do to. And I always I always tell couples this: no matter what you've been through, like, the goal is to stay together. The goal is to 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 restore that relationship. And I know sometimes it's unrestorable. It's unrestorable, yeah. and and God is, you know, and and God gives some exceptions in the Bible for divorce, but. Most things um, can be repaired. But it can be repaired. And, requires uh, work, just like if you're going to repair a house, it requires work. Fight hard for your marriage. Instead of nope. fighting in your marriage, fight fight for your marriage. So thank you guys so much for joining us for season one of Family Goals with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. As you guys can tell, we've had a blast on these first few episodes of the podcast, but also we hope it's challenged you and encouraged you in your relationship with God, in your marriage, and in your family. And so as we move into the holiday season, I want to encourage you to protect your marriage, prioritize your family, and keep Jesus Christ at the center of your Christmas. I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We're going to kick off season two of the podcast after college football is over. So we hope to see you guys in January.